Well, good morning, church. You guys are so awesome. Would you look over somebody next to you and say, man, you are so awesome. Can you do that? Just don't look back at them and say, I know I am. <laughs> A couple of things before we get started. If uh, when you came in today, you may have received one of these uh, faith promise cards. If you didn't and you'd like to receive one, just raise your hand and one of the ushers will make sure you get one. This is how the Christian Missionary Alliance raises funds for their missionaries. Uh, in, many, in many groups, uh, missionaries have to come off the field and they have to go through and, and, uh, and raise support and funds. The, the alliance has what they call a great commission fund where all the churches give and all of the missionaries are sponsored through that one fund. And that's what, that's what this is. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Westergrens here, which they did a, an amazing job, really liked both of them. They were just great and we're praying for their ministry in Spain. But what we want to do is give you this. I want to explain what it is. And then next week, we are going to receive these. Uh, next week, we're talking in the series on we serve or we send rather. And we want to pick these up next week. Now, faith promise, this is the way I look at faith promise. We give to the Lord in tithes and offerings, but faith promise is something between you and the Lord that I want you to pray about and would ask the Lord to speak to you and say, Lord, what would you have me give to missions that's above and beyond my normal tithing or my normal giving? Let me give you an example. A few, many years ago, I was going to say a few years ago, but many years ago, uh, you know, Nancy and I were getting ready to take off and go to uh, college and and the church was raising money for a bus and the Lord spoke to me and said give $500 well $500 now is is a good sum of money but in the 80s it was a whole lot more and so I gave $500 and because I felt like the Lord spoke to me and I thought Nancy's going to kill me but she didn't uh, but anyway that was on a Sunday on Monday my tax uh, person called me and said, man, I hate to say this, I, I made a mistake on your taxes and my heart just sunk, you know, because you don't want to hear mistakes and taxes. It's like saying that, you know, you don't want to hear your surgeon say, oops, right? Right? So you don't want to, you don't want to hear your, your, your tax guy say, I made a mistake. And he said, she said, you know, I did make a mistake. You're getting $500 more than what you thought. So that's the type of thing that this, this is what I'm wanting you to do. I don't want you to say, look at your budget and say, okay, I, I'm going to look at my budget and I, I figure I can give X amount. Pray, ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to get? What are you going to help provide that's beyond what I normally uh, have right now? And if you hear from the Lord, when you hear from the Lord, just mark it in, put it down. That's your faith promise between you and the Lord that this is what you're going to do to help missions. And then we will collect these next week. Okay, everybody set? Okay, the other thing before we get started is Easter is coming up. Don't you love that? Easter is coming up, and I, I love Easter, and here's what I would like to do. I would like to double in size on Easter. Okay, let's hear some faith. Come on, come on. 
I'd like to double in size on Easter. And you say, how are you going to do that? How are you going to go out and get the community? I'm not. You are. Surprise. Uh, no, here's, here's what I would like you to do. I want you to, to prayerfully begin to talk to the Lord about three people in your life that you know that don't go to church or maybe they did and they don't now or they just need the Lord in their life and I want you to invite them to come. Here's what the worst thing that will happen is they'll say no. That is the worst thing that will happen. They'll look at you and say no. It doesn't hurt. It, doesn't, it hurts them. It doesn't hurt you. So here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to, I want you to pray about it. I want you to step out on faith. I want you to, everybody to invite three people. Can you, if everybody invited three people, we would have, what, 400 plus people here on, sun, on, on Easter. Wouldn't that be amazing? So here's what I want you to do. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your family. If you have to guilt your children in to come, go ahead. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever tactic works for you, but just bring them so, so they can have a, a time that they can hear the word of the Lord and, and respond to it. So we will, we're going to make that Sunday available for, for uh, all those that come. We're going to have a continental breakfast and we're going to have a, an egg hunt for children. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you're going to have a great time, but I want to encourage all of us. Let's begin to pray for uh, those that you want to invite to bring with you. Can we do that? Think we can do it? Think we can do it? Yes. All right, all right. Yes, God can do anything. God can do anything. So here's, here's what I, we're talking about. We love, we serve, we send. Last week we talked about we love and how God loves and how we are to emulate the love of God. No strings attached, just love people unconditionally. How many have discovered that's a little bit harder to do than it is to say? And to be honest, it's impossible to do it in our own nature, so we have to take on the nature of Christ. And when we talk about we serve, it's the same thing. We can't serve on our own. We can't serve out of our own ability. We have to serve out of the strength and the, and the, and the power and the character of Christ that is within us. So, and it's almost like an oxymoron. You ever, you ever, you know, oxymorons, two words that don't go together? Kind of like jumbo shrimp, you know? Is it jumbo or is it shrimp? Or, or a hot water heater. We're not, we're not warming up hot water. It should be a cold water heater. Or, uh, here's, a, here's a good one. Act naturally. <laughs> you know? Or, or when you read in the newspaper, the child was found missing. You know? Or, or here's my favorite, ready? Microsoft works. <laughs> I don't have any stocks. It's good. But what we're talking about today, about serving, is, is one of those, some one of those oxymorons too. Because in the scripture, the scripture tells us that we have been set free. John 6, 36, Jesus says, If therefore the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You are truly 
free. You are free from everything. Now, I don't know about you, and, I, and I'm sure it's the same with you, but when I gave my life to Christ, there wasn't uh, just part of me that was set free, but every single part of my life was set free by the redemption and the power and authority that is in Christ. He set me free from my past. He set me free from, from my present. He set me free from the, the past guilt. He set me free from all of the things that I had done that was a transgression against God. He blotted everything out and made me a new creation in Him. And now when I was lost, when I was dead, now I'm alive in Christ. And I'm not only alive in Christ, but I am a child of the living God waiting patiently in this this world for his return so I can live forever with him. Is that what happened to you? You're free. You're free. There's nothing in your past. There's no habits. There's, there's nothing that can hold you back. When Christ sets you free, you're truly free. And yet Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13, he says, no man can lay any other foundation than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's talking about salvation. That is the foundation on which we are built. And then he goes on to say, but be careful how you build upon the foundation. Now, if a man builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. So what he is saying is, we are set free from Christ. But our life, as the video said, our life is not to be led through selfishness or self-desire, but rather we are to become servants. Servants. We are freed to serve. Kind of like doesn't go together, does it? Are you free or are you a servant? Now, there are three types of, of servants in, in the scripture, and, and I'm just going to give you my, my definition of each one. You can look at them a little bit differently, but my, there's three types, and it kind of lays out into, into the church as well. There are those that were servants out of obligation that they had to, uh, that they had to serve, that they were forced to serve, that they, that they didn't have a choice. It was obligated to them. And I've kind of met a few Christians like that that felt like, okay, well, the Lord set me free, so I guess I have to serve him. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of do that. And then there are those that, that serve out of appreciation, that they, that they appreciate what the Lord has done. And, and so they are thankful, so they, they will give part of their time and they'll give some of their resource and, and they'll do some of those things for him because they really appreciate what the Lord has done for them. And to be honest, I think a lot of us, myself included, fall into that category. But the third one is those servants that are serving out of dedication. This is what Paul says when he, when he says, Paul, a servant of the Lord, or a bondservant of the Lord. He is, he's taking this from, from the scripture found in Exodus uh, 21, where the scripture tells us that if a servant that has served his master well and, and he is now free, if he chooses to say, I love my master and I love what he, who he is and I want to serve him forever, 
that that master will take him and pierce his ear so he'll have an identifying mark that he is a doulos, he is a bond servant, that he is a servant that willingly is serving his master's desires, that he chose, though he was free, he chose to willingly give up his life, his ways, his thoughts, his ambitions to follow his master's will. And that's what the New Testament, when it talks about serving the Lord, it's, it's talking not about serving out of obligation, nor serving out of appreciation, but we are to be a, a doulos, we are to be a, a bondservant to the Lord, that even though he has set us free, and he has given us life, and hope, and victory, and faith, and promise, and all of these great blessings, we look at him and we say, because of our great love for you, that we will willingly serve you. It's not my thoughts, but your thoughts. Not my ways, but your ways. Not my ambition, but your ambition. That's what the Lord is calling us to. That attitude of a servant, but to really be a doulos, a bondservant, you must first be free because it requires free will for us to choose to be that servant. So when we were reading through, when, when Sam was reading through the passage of Scripture found in Philippians 2, and if you want to go there, you feel free to to look at that, but the very first thing that, that we need to look at is the fact that if you're going to be that, that doulos, that servant, that servanthood is a choice, that we choose to be servants, so we don't, we don't, aren't forced to, we aren't, it's not a mandatory thing, but God sets us free, and then we turn around and choose. Scripture says, that Jesus had this same attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, choose to be a servant. We get to choose. We get to choose how much we're going to follow the Lord. When we choose to be that servant, when we choose to be that one that's passionately following the Lord, we serve to the Lord and not unto men. That simply means when we do our best job when everybody is looking and when no one's looking. We, we serve when, the, when our employer is a good person and when our employer is less than perfect. We serve as unto the Lord. We, we are dedicated to him. We are dedicated to his cause. And whatever the Lord asks us to do, that's what we do. So servanthood is a choice. God doesn't make you become a bondservant. He wants you to willingly serve. In this passage of scripture in Philippians 2, because Jesus served and the Bible says that God highly exalted him. See, this servanthood that, that he wants us to adopt and, and, and embrace in this world is a focus on reaching those that don't know him. That we become his hands and his feet. Because to be honest, no one in this room, none of us, can save anybody. It requires the Lord. It is the, the Lord that saves. We can just bring people to him. And we are his hands and we are his feet. And that's what he is looking for today. I'm not going to tell you all the ways that you can serve, because there are many, many ways that you can serve. But I want to 
bring you to the point of understanding what servanthood is. It's a free will choice to dedicate your life to the Lord, that you're all in. Servanthood is a choice. Second thing that Jesus did is, uh, Scripture says he emptied himself. I like that passage, that phrase, he emptied himself. Did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Think about that. He emptied himself. One of, one of the scriptures in the, in the Bible that really fascinates me is James 1.1. This is what it says. Keep in mind that James is the half-brother of Jesus. And it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord. He grew up with Jesus. He knew Jesus. They were kids together. And yet, James says... I am a bondservant of Jesus. Anybody have siblings that you'd be willing to be a bondservant to? Be hard, wouldn't it? James had to get to the place that he said, even though I know that Jesus and we share the same mother, we don't have the same father. And I am willing to lay aside all of my ambitions and all of my dreams and all of my desires to follow Jesus. Everything in it for him. They emptied himself. I, it's, oh, that, that one gets me. See, we can't be a bondservant and still be a servant under obligation. You can't empty yourself and still be full of self. In, in the scripture, in the New Testament, it talks about Ananias and Sapphira, that, that they sold a piece of land and when the church was new and they sold a piece of land and they decided to keep some of the, the proceeds back for themselves and then they went to Peter and said, Here, here's the money for the land. And, and the Bible says that Peter looked at him and says, Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? And the Lord struck them both dead. And it's, to be honest, that one scares me. Because... Because we want to think about God as being love and kind and everything else, and yet they're dragging people out. And, and I was looking at that, and I was saying, well, why, why would Jesus do that? Why would the Lord strike them dead? Then it hit me. They wanted to be servants that looked like they were all in. But in reality, they were serving under obligation. They wanted to be a bondservant to the eyes of people. But in their heart, they were far from it. See, the thing is, with, with being a bondservant, we can't be full of ourselves. We have to be focused on the Lord, whatever the Lord wants for us, whatever the Lord wants us to go, wherever he wants us to go, who he wants us to speak to, uh, what he wants us to do. Most missionaries that you hear of uh, hear a call from the Lord to say, I want you to leave mother and father and family, and I want you to go to this country. Most of the time it's in a church service when they're worshiping the Lord, and they're saying, Lord, I surrender, I'm emptying myself, and the Lord says, I want you to go. Now keep in mind, it's not always missionaries, because we, we serve around the world, and we also serve around the corner. All of us are, are called to be missionaries in the world that we're in, but the truth is, if we really want to be that bondservant, 
Number one, we have to choose to be. The second thing is we have to empty ourselves. We can't do it our way. It has to be his way. Third thing that, that, that uh, the scripture talks about, it says that he took on servanthood. He took it on. He like, like a cloak, taking on the form of a bondservant, taking on the very nature of Christ. Second Timothy, uh, Timothy 2.24 says this, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, able to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Everything that's contrary to my human nature. See, when we empty ourselves, we are to take on the very nature of Christ and follow his example of what he did for us. So we not only not only do we choose but we empty ourselves we take on his nature it's not our way but his way and then the fourth thing is we just simply humble ourselves to do god's will he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even the death on a cross notice that that last part even death on a cross which was designed for thieves and murderers sinners he died a death where everybody looked at him and said surely he had to be a sinner because he is dying a sinner's death and yet jesus humbled himself we see him humbling himself in the garden when he says father not my will but your will be done he was emptying himself and taking on that nature of a servant and allowing himself to experience death for all of us. It took that garden experience for Christ to receive, to receive what he needed to take that journey down the road to be mocked, to have a crown of thorns on his, placed on his brow, and to be hung on a cross. That was the Lord's will for him. But he had made himself a bondservant out of love, out of love for us. Wow, isn't that amazing? And you say, well, how can, I, how can I do that? How can I, and I, I'm not going to be hung on a cross, and we're not going to, hopefully none of us are going to be hung on a cross. But there are, there are simple things in life every day that the Lord calls us to do that are somewhat out of our comfort zone. I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. This is Joe. We're sitting in his living room which is an overpass in Berkeley, California, in the middle of a tent city. Because the church decided to go and feed the homeless, which there are hundreds and thousands. And Joe would not talk to me, would not give me the time of day. But when I kept talking to him, and he said, well, would you come into my living room? And all I see is a, dirty leather couch and 
I'll be honest, I had to empty myself in here. Because I thought, I don't want to sit on that couch. Let me talk to you over here in the clean grass. But he wanted to go there. So I started talking to him. I sat down and started talking to him. And when I let myself go and was obedient to what the Lord wanted me to do, he opened up and started telling me about his life. In reality, there are people everywhere in Orlando just like Joe. They may not even live under an overpass. They may not even be homeless. Could be your neighbor. Could be somebody that you work with. But they are just as desperate as Joe. But they're not going to open up to us if we're not willing to empty ourselves of, and, and take on that nature of a servant and minister to the needs that they have. Sure, we brought him new clean socks and, and, and food and that kind of stuff, but that's not what he was really interested in because there was a lot of groups that were giving them stuff. What he was really in, interested in was somebody that would be willing to sit down with him and listen to his story. There is an amazing opportunity in all of our lives to listen to somebody else's story and to share the good news of Christ. We love, we serve, and we serve as Christ served. Christ gave his life that we may have life. And he has called us. He has called us as we make our journey through this world. He has called each and every one of us to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his voice. And he gives us these divine opportunities in our lives. I look back at that time and I think that that opportunity to speak with Joe was, was a divine opportunity and it wasn't just for him, it was for me because it changed me. You say, well, did you feel clean? No, I felt dirty. That place was filthy. But I had to get beyond it. I had to get beyond myself. And if we're going to serve humanity... We have to get beyond ourself. Get beyond who we are and focus on what and who he is. And when we see people as he sees people, when we take on that form of a servant and we begin to minister to needs of the people around us, amazing things will happen. You don't have to go look for a homeless person under a, an interstate bridge. It could be the person that's next to you at work, your next door neighbor, the person in the grocery store, the person that's sitting next to you right now in church that just needs to hear or have somebody listen and share the love of God with them.